Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting this episode number 456 of KMA Talk Radio from sunny South Florida. I'm here with my trusted gang, as always, the Italian scallion himself, the man we call Shameless Paul. Wow, that's a pretty colorful background there, Paul. Cadbury eggs, man. It's Easter in my house today. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that. And as always, the man to put Paul straight, our buddy, the the man they call the goat, Alex Tavella. Good morning. Again. Genitalia, how are we doing today? We're doing good. We're doing I'm, Paul, I'm, um, happy Easter to you and you only. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> We listen. Everybody's giving me a hard time, but we did Easter in our house this morning. You know, the Easter baskets and finding the eggs and stuff with the kids because tomorrow we're going on the cruise and we just want to be able to get out of here on time. So. I just want to get this straight. Like you got Easter out of the way as an inconvenient thing. Like yeah, first hour you woke up. Yes. Jesus morning. rose a day early for Paul. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, I don't really have an excuse. I didn't look at it that way. We're going to still celebrate tomorrow. We're going to see family tomorrow on the cruise, but uh, they're going to, the kids are going to delay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Listen, this is probably the only year we can really get away with it, I think. Like next year, Axel's going to be like, wait a second, isn't Easter supposed to be on a Sunday? So why not? Okay. That's more convenient. Whatever you say, Paul. All right. Whatever you is say. Is it such a bad thing? I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like Santa wouldn't come a day early, right? I mean, that's uh, a good were... point. Come on, come on. That's a good point. Would you do Christmas a day early? Would you do New Year's Eve a day early? So Easter is just the unlucky. Or is it over for him? Who's him? Is it over for him? And you're, you, Abe. What? You have a guest that we can't see. Is it over for him? Oh, oh, oh yeah, he's out of the room. He just oh, okay. The I didn't want to. I didn't want to blow Christmas if he. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. I want to blow up Santa. Oh, for, uh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> it would be you a whole different like, show. <laughs> Listen, I've done worse. I tell you how I blew. Santa yeah, you did. Life. That's I, a great story. I've done worse. Petra came to me one day and she's like, you know, um, you know, I know mom's a tooth fairy. I'm like, oh, Wait a minute. Man. He's at, where is he? No, he's not here. Where is he? Is he, he out there? The he probably went to Be the bathroom. Because it's going out there, too. Oh. <laughs> ah. Anyways. Give me, 
doctor. Eh, he busts his bubble. He busts his bubble. He ain't listening. That kid doesn't listen when I talk to him directly. You think he's paying attention to ambient sound in the background? I was um, gonna say when you're standing in front of him, staring him eye to eye, they they don't listen to you. So seriously, <laughs> so she came to me. She figured out the whole you know tooth fairy thing. You know, mom and everything. Okay, well, listen, you've reached that age. Now you have the responsibility, right? Now you have to do what the grownups do and make sure that you let your younger brothers and lie to the children. Continue the, the the whole thing of the magic of you know Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. And she goes, Santa Claus is not real. I went, oh my god! I mean, I just figured. Put two <laughs> <in there. laughs> figured one fall, they all fall, right? But yeah, I mean, so. I figured she put two and two together, and that's how I broke it to her. Hey, look, look at this—the <laughs> man himself is on the move around the country, huh? Good morning, oh, the, old man, the old man's in West Virginia. He's, He's back on vacation too. Uh, he went to go visit my uncle in West Virginia. Oh, nice. Uh, my uncle's uh, recovering. He was in the hospital for a while. Stopping by to say, uh, check him, check out, check him out. See how he's doing. Give my regards to the doctor. He is literally a doctor. So yes, I, I'm answering your question now. Would we do Christmas early at this age? Probably. If we had something to do on really? Christmas, and uh, you know, we wow. were going away, why not? What do they get? They're not going to know the difference. What do you mean? So you don't care that you know no. the difference? No. What do, do you, what do you mean? What, who cares? If we're going, if we're going on an international flight on Christmas Day at eight o'clock in the morning, do would I rather them have a real Christmas morning the day before? Yeah, why not? How do you explain this to your children? I'm just curious, dude. They're three and two. Axel's gonna be four in July. There's no explaining. I told him last night before he went to bed, the Easter Bunny's coming tonight. And he goes, "Tomorrow's Easter." I said, "Yep, <laughs> that's it." What do you mean? How do I explain it to him? Their reality is what I tell them it is right now until they get another year, I guess, is when so, it changes. Wait a minute. So you're going on a cruise tomorrow, right? With yeah. the kids? And I assume yep. tomorrow at some point. On the ship. Someone, mm -hmm. On the ship, someone may say. Not say, Easter. well. Yeah. And what, what happens when your kid goes? Oh, it's, just like, it's just like Christmas time. A, a week before. A week before Christmas, a week after Christmas, everybody says Merry Christmas. So that's, yeah, Happy Easter. Wait till the ship has an Easter bunny going down the corridors. How much you want to bet he doesn't question it? I know he won't. He's your son. <laughs> he's three. It's not like he's, uh, you know, six years old uh, questioning everything. I mean, he does ask why I tell him things all the time. But uh, today's Easter. What's, what's the problem? I mean, listen, if he really questions it, will I lie to him still? No, I'll tell him, well, Absolutely because we're going on the ship will. today. Absolutely. No, no, I'll tell him today's actually Easter, but we did our, the Easter Bunny came early for us. Such privilege. <laughs> Such privilege. What, what Easter, privilege? Easter privilege. The Easter Bunny comes a day early for our family. He's training them to be young aristocrats. Leave them alone. Oh, here we go. Speaking of the aristocrats, uh, we, we didn't mention it last week, but... Uh, but Gilbert Gottfried passed this away this week. Yeah, my favorite. Oh, it was this best, week. Okay. The the best the best version of the aristocrats, maybe Bob uh, Saget number two. Maybe Bob Saget number two. But yeah. So Gilbert passed away, which was a a shock. Not that to, old. Uh, a lot of people, but no. And you know what though? When we saw him in West Palm the last time he was here, what right before the pandemic, he was. He's a, he was always like a frail guy. He had a lot of uh, a lot of illness in his life, I guess, and and he was 
you know, he couldn't get up the steps to the stage. It took him five minutes to get up those four steps to the stage. And that was like two or three years ago. But he was a really nice guy. I got to meet him. We talked to him for about five or ten minutes, actually. You know, really I, cool I, actually, I've been told that if you took Joe Pesci and Gilbert Godfrey and put them together, you'd get me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I've been told in life. That's interesting. I don't, I don't know if I see the obnoxiousness of, of uh, Gilbert Godfrey in you, but this you know, could never, you've never seen me torture my wife. This could be, okay. this, could be this could be a new segment here. What two personalities make you up the best? <laughs> this might be a good person. A good Which side uh, is coming out today? A good future segment. I wonder how Coop feels about you, uh, about people saying you're like Joe Pesci. wonder if that changes his opinion of you. He's not a Joe Pesci fan. Coop is not a fan. <laughs> Literally because of one movie. Which movie was it? Yeah, it's strange. Uh, um What's the Danny Glover movie? Danny Glover? Oh, it's a yeah. lethal, lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. I do uh, Danny Glover instead of Mel Getz. Gibson. What's his name? Getz. Something Getz in the movie. Leo. Leo Getz. Leo Getz. Leo, Leo Getz. Getz. You want Leo Getz. Yeah. Well, while we're bringing up Coop, uh, Coop was one of uh, a few people that talked about your secret trip to Texas. Why don't you uh, reveal no, the details about you, that? You started this secret trip to Texas thing. I just report the news. Nobody no, knew no, you were no. going anywhere. Your reporting of the news was, uh, no invite. Thanks for the invite. Uh. <laughs> it wasn't a case. I love that area. Number one. Fort Worth is, two, is one of my favorite places to visit. It was a it was a secret trip as it was kept secret from the men of the Phoenix Lounge who didn't know that we were coming. So they, they, had, no, they had, James had already touted the bill that he had something very special. They, they gather the second Sunday of every month. So James is it his house or is it in like a? It's in yes. his house. Yes, it's okay. a, it's in it. Yes, it's a lounge, and yes, it's in his house. Yes, and yes. And you know what's funny is I saw some people make posts about how oh it's great that one retailer could show love to another retailer. They a lot of people, and I, this is what I thought when I first saw these posts. That they think he's a retailer. He's not a cigar retailer. Wow. That's not a retail. It looks, lounge. it looks like a retail lounge. They, it looks, it better, it looks, looks, like it looks better than some retail. Most a lot of retail. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Any of the ones I used to go to on Long Island, it looks way better. But the guys get together in a very beautiful fashion the second Sunday of every month, and he had told them that he had a very special guest this Sunday. So he had prepped it up so we knew if, had we posted anything about being on a plane, traveling anywhere, they would have they known. Yeah. Now, the coolest thing was, and, and I really, I, I wish I had known because I would have filmed it, but. The first person that arrived was Sean Sean O'Connor, and Sean, big guy, was bringing in food. So he's unloading the car, and I said, "Let me let me go mess with him," you know, because James had gone out to help him carry something. So I just started hopping out, and James was like, "Tell him, hey, I got another person to help us out." And his head was in the trunk, and he didn't see me. And I just coming out, and he hasn't seen me yet. So I finally said, "What you got for me to help?" And he looked up. He he was in such awe. It was like the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Like, I'm not kidding you. He started hyperventilating because we were there. It yeah, was it awesome. Literally, he really started hyperventilating. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, my and God. I pride the hell out of him. But the guys were great. We had an awesome weekend there. Um, I mean, this literally the epitome, the personification of what the Sarkar culture is literally about. We witnessed there. And it's one of the things that, 
you know, we've been doing for 25 years. That's what we love about those guys. And uh, then we went on to have a really cool day with the fine folks of McAuliffe all day Monday. So uh, pretty good two back-to-back days for us in Texas. Except for one moment. What was – oh, yeah, let's talk oh, about that. Oh, That's God. We have to talk about that. So we're Alex driving. had an had an almost a near death experience or something. Well, you'll understand. Okay. Alex, first off, Alex is not really a great co-pilot. Like you know, you're in an area that you've never been before. You're trying to watch nav. You're trying, so he'll hop in at like moments of desperation and start like helping you nav, make a right here, make a left here. So he tells me make a right here, but he makes me turn make a right in an off lane. It was a bus lane, so we were like further okay. to the right than we should have been for traffic, but we just had to make another right. As we're coming up to the intersection, this big 18-wheeler, I mean, like monster truck, is really coming into the intersection as we're coming there. And I see the trucker, but I guess Alex, for whatever reason, just thinks I don't see it. And doesn't yell stop, doesn't scream. He just sits and goes, oh, God. And, 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 it and I literally turned to him like, did you? Did your life just flash before you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, he was just... <laughs> It was just like a moment of like it's it. He was he, he just signed off life, you know. Nothing to prevent the situation. Just oh yeah, there's nothing okay. I can do now. It was just done. It was done. I think we laughed for about 10, 15 minutes. We did. We did. In fairness, Paul, you've driven with Abe. Yes, and it's a fair assumption that he didn't see it. I mean, it's a fair. It's a fair assumption. Not only that. Not only that. But his, uh, in fairness. I was co-piloting because your Maps app wasn't working the greatest out in Texas. Both I mean, of them weren't. All, all you were doing was bitching every time. Missing time. You were like, oh, it just blew that past that intersection. The, the whole map. Because it wasn't phone. catching up. But even you, like the day we were leaving, we put in the same address. You were 40 minutes away from where I was going. 20 Thank minutes God. away, literally. Same address. It had him going somewhere We're else. going, and he keeps telling me, make a right. I said, mine doesn't seem make a right. Make a left. Mine doesn't seem make a right. It's, it's crazy. So we just followed yeah, it get there, and then my map showing us the da- same address that we keyed in is tw- another 20 minutes away. But what was happening was it wasn't, like, updating the GPS fast enough, so you'd be driving, and then, like, next thing you know, it catches up, and you got two seconds to make a right. Like, oh. Right, right, right. That's happened to me before. Wow. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, if you really were afraid of your life, why wouldn't you say stop or look or be careful? He just, oh, God. That's all. I figured that would get the point across. No, that doesn't get the point across. And listen, just so you know, this wasn't a scream. Like, it wasn't a shot. It was just like a literally a whimper. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's a man coming to grips with his reality. Yeah, literally. Right now, right here. So Literally. (laughs) But he's thinking in his head... Shit, this is how I go, huh? With Abe in his car? In Texas, Great. Yeah. In 18-wheeler. In a rental car. Yeah, that car would have went right underneath that rig. Absolutely. It wasn't your car. No. Would have went right Oh, even that. worse. No. Oh, man. Not the way. I, his, I, only, his only hope of surviving would have been that my body would have, like, held it up a little bit. And he might have had, like, a crack of room, right. you know, underneath, <laughs> you know. <laughs> The crushing of my skeleton might have saved him. <laughs> uh, Your rib cage, right? Yeah, that was the uh, that was a laughable moment. We cracked up. We oh cracked man, up. I don't even know where the hell we were going. Reaction. Oh my god, it was so genuine. Like literally, like, we're dead. It's over. No point. Wow. Yeah. What am I smoking, Rick? Of course, what are we smoking? <laughs> 
But bro, you grabbed me a big stick today. It's like a Churchill. Oh, but that's right around your size, though. That excellence. Big stick. So what else we got? Camel knowledge. Oh yes. I, oh, what the hell? This is yeah, what. Oh, see now, we, we were talking about something. We have to preface this because yeah, there's a part I, of the show. We get on camel talk. The other there's day. a part of the show that people miss out on, and that's when we do our our meetings on Thursday or Friday, our prep meetings. And the banter there is probably better than the banter here, to be honest, because it's sometimes. So I think we were talking about your trip yes. and getting on a camel and then Paul. Oh, yeah, you were doing, you looked up the weight capacity of camels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it can ride one. Yes. They hold up to 800 yeah. pounds. Yeah. 500. <laughs> then no, had, 900 or 600. 600. Yeah, no, it was like 900. 600. 800, 800. 600. And then Paul just began spewing his camel knowledge on us. And yeah. what is it called when the camel cushion? Cush. If you say cush, the, the camel sits down and like lays on its belly because they have a little pad, like a, a calloused pad on their belly when they go down on the ground and on their knees. That's how you get up on there. Cush means go down. What else did we talk? We talked about how they guys in the, the desert, eat the yeah, poop. they used to eat their poop. Their their poop looks like raisinets. And it uh, apparently it, it has animal makes raisinette poops. I know, right? That giant animal. They're like goats. They, should, they shoot little pellets. They should crossbreed them with dogs just for the genetics of that, man. I've had chihuahuas oh, shoot their logs out. I mean, what's with dogs and poop? I mean, seriously. Yeah. You tell me this big camel shoots raisinettes? Yeah, it looks kind of like malted milk balls from what I've seen. Like, they're almost perfectly round, actually. Pretty easy cleanup. Like a giraffe. Giraffes do you as well. Giraffes, giraffe poop is like a malted milk ball. And why would they eat them? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I, I I read it somewhere, but it had to do with when they were in the desert. Uh, there were there were certain diseases they could get. There's nutrients in them, I guess, that the camels don't fully digest that uh, can help them somehow. It can it can. They believe some people believe it heals illnesses, and you can also drink their milk, which we learned from an episode of uh, Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe. So I just want to be clear: where does this camel knowledge come from? Were you up late? No, I watch a lot of National, National Geographic. Channel? I watch a lot of no, I watch a lot of TV, man. I do watch a lot of TV. I don't remember specifically. I mean, that Dirty Jobs episode was very uh, enlightening when he went to a camel farm. But uh, I, you know, I, I like inconspicuous things because, believe it or not, I'm slightly introverted in person when I meet new people. So I like to have like a buttload of things that I can pull from to like talk about. If somebody bring, like if somebody brought up a camel and I'm in a group of people I don't even know, boom, look, I'm set. I have a list of things we can talk about now. Wow. So he was saving that camel knowledge just for yesterday. I he, save a lot of useless worked. knowledge. It, it worked. It worked. Probably, I don't know how long he's been holding on to it. But it worked. For years. Someday someone's going to talk to me about a camel. Yeah. Paul's a real, he's a real renaissance man. I mean, I don't think about it that way. Uh, but I like I think about like I just I just I'm fascinated by certain facts. So I don't know some of those facts fascinate me. A camel's not a an animal that I've had a lot of interaction with. Believe it or not, I've had a lot of interaction with giraffes lately, though, because we live so far west. Yeah, they're, they're, we go we feed the giraffes like once a week in this house at Lion Country Safari. So you just go to the Lion Country Safari once a week? I've lived in Florida twenty I mean, years. We have once. Yeah, well, we live very close, and when there's like a day where the kids are going insane, 
and we want to get them out of the house. They have like little a little theme park with rides. You can walk up and feed the giraffes. They they love it. So it's it's five minute. Well, you have to drive all the way down. So ten minutes down the road here, it's great. We have season passes. Yeah. And before you get all bougie on me, the season passes are like seventy dollars for the year or something. So yeah, one of the things, many things that uh, JMac makes the silicone division of, well, I mean, the the other company that the McAuliffe people own and run is a uh, silicone milkers for camels. Paul, we're gonna have to send you a little set of those silicone milkers. Oh, yes. yeah, I could use that. They, you know what's funny about their company? So many products cannot be made without the products that that JMac makes. I did uh, a lot of research the first time we had Al on. It's we unbelievable. It, we witnessed it firsthand, and you could ask Alex, man, my intrigue and curiosity walking through the factory might have been one of the most interesting parts of my trip. Just yeah, and their company revolutionized being able to, uh, I believe it's re reuse product. We were there. And, I mean, they, they do it faster than everybody else. Yeah, it's amazing. We, we I read were, a lot we were, about. We were there. We were. We were there. <laughs> it was. It was literally one of three we companies in the U.S. that produced it. In fact, where is my little? Uh oh. What do you have? A, a bunch of. Hey, maybe I should have asked you to get some. I need some. Uh, some new seals. Uh, new gaskets for my uh, power washer. Then one of those. Look at blue. this. It coated the other one. So. One of the cool things was I, I took a whole uh, piece of raw silicone and processed like, well, I mean, it was made, but it wasn't like process kit or whatever they call it. They have such cool names for everything. I took it right off the assembly line because I became fixated with it, bought it back with me. Um, and and then they have the, a, a durometer, if I said the word right, different ones that have different durometers. Hold it up so we can see it. So this is the one, if anybody saw my post with a sack of squash, I literally just rolled it up into a ball. I left it on his head and like went home. And the next day I came in and that's what happened to the sack of squash. But this is, this is all silicone that we bought back from the JMAC factory. From the so, so just, just to put it in perspective. So we had a very informative day with McAuliffe we, and we spent the first half of the day talking with them in their offices. And then we took a break in the middle of the day and went over to see the uh, JMAC facility, which is incredible. And then we went back over into the McAuliffe offices. And I don't think that Abe probably paid attention to anything in the second half of the day. I, just did. Playing, fixated. I, did. I did. I just kept playing with, with, with put, I, put, put I, I'll do it now unless I put it away. And it was interesting because he had that, that dark, that black puckish silicone, and um, they actually made a call to get him the other type. And the woman came in the room and said, uh, here's the, uh, who's this for? And he went, the big kid in the room. Yeah, the big Literally, kid in the room. the big kid in the room. Oh, Kevin. Does it have an odor? No, it's inert. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, cool. But it can be made to have an odor. Kevin, you, you ain't kidding because when I packed this up, and packed it up like a puck. And I literally told Alex, man, I hope they don't pull me over. That's exactly what I said. It's C4. <laughs> but it made I, it through. Yeah, it went through. It is an adult fidget wow. toy. It literally is. All yeah, right. That's well, pretty cool. Speaking of adult fidget toys, that's a perfect cue for our guest this week. Uh, <laughs> it's time for our Meet Your Maker segment. Let's see who we got on. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window 
open it and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. There he is. The man with the plan. The Rui. The Rui. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Off the <laughs> celebrating today because apparently after listening to this, we can just do whatever the F we want on holidays. Yeah, so today's St. Patrick's Day, so uh, get some green beer and um, that's it. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Fred. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the funny thing about Paul is he just thinks it's so normal. Yeah. The odd things he does. He's like, hey, what's wrong? It's normal. Just yeah, so I, I mean, like, I, I, I had a Cadbury egg thing ready to go, and then I'm like, oh, man, prom night flashbacks, and now i got to take it down because he's already got it. And why did he choose those? There's 25 different versions of Cadbury eggs. He chooses the plain one. He doesn't even go with the Canadian one, which, by the way, isn't called Cadbury egg. It's oufa fondant. But he would probably already know that just in case somebody brought up a Cadbury conversation. He would be ready to roll. Ready to roll. Is it really called oufa fondant? Yeah, it means uh, uh, egg-based. Canada is the only one that has their own name for it. Uh, Paul, you probably knew that. You probably like loaded with the Cadbury. Yeah, I, 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 I did not know that. I did not know that. How many are How many are made every year? Paul knows. No clue. Five hundred million. For real? Wow. For real. Five hundred million. Two thirds of them go to UK, I guess. So, um, well, because by the way, also UK means the dental plan problem there, I guess. <laughs> two thirds of all the Cadbury eggs produced go to Europe. Uh, UK, actually, yeah, yeah, they, oh, stay, just they England? stay, yeah, yeah, just yeah, just UK. Well, UK is more than just England. Okay, but, okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Cadbury is a UK. Realize, that little island, you, that little island consumes two thirds of the world's Cadbury eggs. Well, I think what they do is, and I'm not an expert, um, but I'm assuming that. Uh, to go through that many eggs, they must do the Paul move and just like do Easter whenever the fuck they want. So that just spreads it out throughout the year. So I, I imagine it's not just all Easter weekend. And That's we thought it was, California. and we thought it was the tea that was ruining their teeth. Right. Yeah. Holy cow! Just so you know, still got my book, buddy. Nice, nice. Still got it. If you haven't read, is this even still available? If anybody hasn't gotten one or yet, it is. Yeah, I yeah, looked yeah, on yeah. Amazon. It's still the, it's still the audio book is still there, and um, the regular book is is still on Amazon. You know, actually, yeah. very entertaining reading. Everybody, I, I would sell you mine, but I, you can see it. Mine's not for resale, so I can't. You, yeah, that's right. You got the proof one. I get. I think we were doing the show or something right before it came out, and I sent you the proof. And then uh, you actually uh, showed you had it on the show and you showed a picture. And then I got an email from like the Amazon police or something saying, um, "Did you sell that copy?" For and real? I'm like, I'm like, no, I didn't sell the copy. I'm like, I'm like, he, he. I said, he's, 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 he's proofing it for me. I'm like, what? Seriously? <laughs> you know wow. what, Abe? Abe, just quick. Tanner, Tanner Cole has a great point. I'm not going to be in on Wednesday. Um, I'm. It's Labor Day this Wednesday, so just so you know. Oh, yeah. Federal holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's the way, route we're going, might as well. Yeah. It's your own stuff. <laughs> it's Paul's world. It's Paul's we're world. just living in it. We're just, yeah. We're just, we're just hanging out in it. it is, we're, just just in we're just living in it, waiting for our share of the share crop. <laughs> oh, which I missed this this past week. No, you I missed the share crop. What I forgot mean, to go missed. pick it up, and you guess didn't what? Get your turnips? No, and they they won't let us. Like they won't. If you don't pick it up in the in the day that's allotted for you, you can't get it. You you just forfeit it. 
It sucks. I, we didn't get any fresh vegetables. It's too bad. What was me? Wow. You you really lived think, in it like a socialist I communist. I, I mean, we, we lived in like a communist island. complex. It's not a communist complex. It just ha they happen to have a farm here. Right. And if you don't pick it up on time, you forfeit your sharecrop to the government. <laughs> the yeah, HOA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my defense, I told the babysitter to go get it, but she forgot. So now so we, we're, we're that, without tomatoes. Is that portion equally distributed amongst all the other 300 residents? Or what happens with that portion? Yeah, I guess it goes to other people. I don't know. I She... They were trying to explain to us at the farm, and I was like, "All right, this just sounds like you don't want to do any more work." So if you get there, like probably, so you get there five minutes. If you move to the south part of the city, it's it's much more open. You're allowed to like buy things on normal days and stuff. It's not as controlled as much as the north. So maybe move to the south part of the complex. Is there a wall? I'll think of that. Hey, Chris Daniels, by the way, for your delayed flight, I'll send you a T-shirt. So DM me your, uh, your address and stuff. I saw that his flight got delayed, so he's excited. So you got to go out and watch part of the show. I saw that in the chat. So I got a T-shirt for you. Hopefully you wear that size. If you oh, don't, nice. then I don't know what to tell you. I hope he's big. I know he's got a big head. Oh. Well, he's always complaining that no hacks ever fit him. So Yeah, that's a valid oh, gotcha. point. Paul, what, what would you have done with your vegetables, being that you're leaving tomorrow? Uh. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I probably would have equally distributed them out to the rest of the residents anyway. You would have let them rot. So then why are you upset by it? You were just wanted with them anyway. Wanted his share of the crop. It's owed to me. It's Holy owed to me. Crap. I pay a lot of money for our HOA now. I need I need every penny's worth. <laughs> Go move. I I would do that if I could live on a cattle ranch that did that and like that was what they distributed every week. They distributed steaks and stuff. I that would be all over that. See, Not a bad idea. Hashtag real man. Yeah, yeah. But hey, enjoy your turnips. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're amazing in some sort of whatever. Oh, the radishes were so fresh today. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not just radishes. It's zucchini and peppers and hot peppers. They they grow Carolina reapers and jalapenos. How will you make, how will you make your zucchini spaghetti now? We do. We do. I can't argue. See, with look, that. I hit it. I hit it right on the head. He, but they don't. She calls them zoodles. Zucchini spaghetti. Who? Zucchini spaghetti. Really? What's she wrong with zoodles? As an Italian, all your ancestors and your heritage is rolling in the grave at the thought of zucchini I'm, spaghetti. I'm trying to lose weight, man. I, I can't have pasta right now. Pasta's cut out. There's you know no when you so you're going to have pretend pasta? We. Yeah, oh, she she makes zoodles. Right. It's very similar to pretend Easter. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's very, very similar. I would rather look. I, I I dropped a bunch of weight. I would rather eat less of something good than some sort of pretend noodles or something like that. That's just me. I'll, me too. I'll keep that in mind. My only pro I li listen. I live that motto, Fred. My only problem is I just don't do any less of it. That's my problem. Oh, I have no, I have no portion control whatsoever. Like, I mean, so like when I'm trying to lose weight, if you throw a whole pizza in front of me, I can either not eat it. Or I'm going to eat three quarters of it. There's no middle ground. There's no like, oh, I'm just going to have a slice because that's what the calorie counter said to have. It's just there's no middle ground for me whatsoever. Uh, so it's very black and it's very black and white. But um, I when I try to lose weight, I just go, here's the calories I can eat, but I don't take anything off the off the list. So it's like if I want a Snickers bar, I'm going to have a Snickers bar. I'm just going to make sure that I just don't eat something else later that day. I, I I just grew up with this bad 
philosophy that kind of everything was single serving, you know, a box of cereal was single serving, a pizza was a single serving, you know, it just was bad. I mean, anything single serving, if you're, if you've got the guts to go through the whole container, I mean, apparently to Ben and Jerry's, I'm a family of four, you know, I mean, so. Seriously, (laughs) seriously. Is it it because you were afraid of wasting food, Abe? No. Like, like, I I don't know. Like, I'm the same way with pizza. I can't have one slice. I got to consume that much stuff. All right. No. I mean, I don't, we're in America. I don't think we have a fear of wasting food. I mean, we weren't, we're, we're not from the, we're not, none of us were alive in the 30s, you know? So, I mean, I don't know that that's a reference we have. So, what <laughs> oh, I was, but 14, maybe he got it from his parents. No, when I was 14, my parents were poor farmers, man. They had to ration shit. When, when, when I was 14, I was six feet, 225 pounds. So, I'm going to venture to stab my <laughs> as big as Fred Rui is as a grown man adult. <laughs> that was my size. I was just a monster kid growing up. Big baby Huey. <laughs> I, I literally stopped growing at 14. That was it. It was over. It was done. Oh my and, God. We just got of, of your thing earlier of you know what two people are you like? Baby Huey is one half of you, Abe. Now we gotta think of what the other Ooh. thing is, but that's yeah. that's like that's half of it right there. That really is half of it. I was a baby Huey growing up. I don't know what the other half is yet, but <laughs> you're just too young. You're too young. I was I was three years old. My first cousin was eight, five years older than me. But I was bigger than him and all his friends. That's awesome. So I was really hanging around with them. He was my first cousin. We lived across the hall from each other. I, I, I hung out with him and his friends, but I had the mind of a three-year-old hanging around with eight-year-old kids. You know, there, there. it's funny. There's a picture in, in our Dropbox. I guess you were putting pictures together from you and your father and, you know, these old pictures, but there's this one picture and I caught it and I had to stop and look at I'm it. I'm sitting on his lap. You're like, I don't know how old you are, but you're like this giant man child. You might be three, two. I don't I, know. I, I'm younger like than three. I'm younger than giant three. Giant man child sitting on his lap. Really? Like I want to see this picture. I got to see I mean, let me, let me get it. We got to yeah. find this. Yeah, load it up. It's I, I, I used it in the documentary that we did for our yeah. 25th anniversary cigar, so I had to dig up some old photos. But no, I, oh I, I, I could tell by the apartment we're in, I wasn't even three yet or somewhere between two and three in this photo. But you're right. It's so awkward because I, I look like a, a man child literally on their lap. That's why you don't – we think that Eli is so big for his age, like hefty-wise, but you're always like, no, he's normal. He's fine. But now I see why. You were giant. Yeah, I was not the norm. I wasn't the norm on the spectrum growing up. <laughs> oh, I cannot so while, wait to see this now. While Alex is digging that up, Fred, you were out. You were out, Fred. No, I got they so close. Cried. It was like Logan's run. I thought I made it. I they thought cried. I made it. I was like, I got to the border. <laughs> I thought I saw the free world out there. No. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I, look. I don't think you were ever really fully out. I mean, Nomad was. Yeah, you were. No, I mean, look, I, I sold, I sold Nomad, and everybody knows. I mean, you didn't pull, you didn't pull what I like to call an Ozinger, right? Gone in the wind, right? Literally, I mean, like one of the no, first no. guys in my career that not only got out but is gone. Yeah, yeah, he kind of Andy Dufresne that thing. I mean, just seriously, gone. Uh, no, I mean, look, I mean, everybody knows. Look, I sold Nomad not because I didn't like cigars, because it wasn't fun for me anymore. From the standpoint, is that every week I'm talking to attorneys. All of a sudden, you know, California wants warning labels. No, they don't. Okay, wait a minute, they're going to want warning labels, and then you know, the attorneys on the FDA stuff. 
So I wasn't looking to sell it, but I got a call and, and I'm like, you know what? It's just not fun for me. I can't hand a cigar to somebody in the lounge because apparently that's not allowed. So, right. um, so I stepped back, I, I got out of Nomad because it wasn't, you know, I love the blending. I love the marketing. I love the conversations. I went into Nomad as a cigar enthusiast. I was the kid in the Make-A-Wish Foundation that built a brand and everybody could come along on that journey. And so then I, then, then I sold it and then I didn't know what to do. I'm sitting around and I'm, I'm going through this stuff and I'm just like, well, you know what? I enjoy smoking cigars. I can go to the events. There's no pressure. I'm not having to sell cigars or anything like that. And I enjoyed that for a while. And then I'm, I'm, you know, still going on these shows and I get invited to the shows. And, you know, the least thing now, if I get invited on a show, there's a freaking reason for me to be on the show other than the guy formerly that used to own this. Um, so it's nice to have something. So the short answer is, is basically I still wanted to do something industry. And there's another project that I just put out that I'm going to mention in a little bit here, but, um, I basically, uh, had a very short list of companies that I would go work with. Um, one is, is that I'm old enough now that it had to be on my terms. I didn't need it for the money or anything. So it was just a question of if I'm going to do X, Y, Z for a company, it has to be a job that I actually want now that I see the part of it that I didn't want. And then the other part was, is honestly, there was a short list of companies that I had an interest in both the company and the product. And um, Dion was probably top of that list. And I mean, there was a lot of speculation for a couple of years that we we're going to do something. And we just kind of kept talking and see what it would look like. And he called me about two months ago after this long courting process of, are we going to go to the prom together or not? And um, he just says, hey, I, I think we need to do it. And I said, all right, well, if we're going to do it, then what about XYZ and all this other stuff? And we hammered it out in about a 45-minute phone call. And boom, there you are. And I'm, I'm excited. I've, I've said, even back when I had Nomad, even before I had Nomad, you know, I mean, I've loved Dion's portfolio. He's kind of that portfolio that is everybody's, I, wanna, I don't want to say second favorite because I don't want to mean it minimize it, but if someone has a primary cigar and you mention Luciana, everybody's like, oh my God, I love those cigars too. If I go yeah. out on the road yeah. and I'm with, and you see you see uh, brokers come in the shop to sell you cigars or reps come in that are repping a brand, I guarantee you in their travel humidor, they've got some Illusiones in there. And if they don't, they're going to get them when they pick them up. I mean, it's just, it's they're that good of cigars. They're a geek's cigar, if you will. You know, it's interesting, Fred. The, the writing was on the wall and, and I didn't I didn't catch it. So Fred and I do the Connoisseur Club reveal show once a mm -hmm. month together. And oh. um, on the night of the reveal show, we try to get, you know, one of the manufacturers to, to come in during the show. And one of the months, Illusion was in the Connoisseur Club, and uh, you know, Fred just on him. Oh, yeah, we're gonna get Dion to come on. And in I my mind, I'm like, yeah, I, te I texted yeah, him like, hey, I'll get Dion. Yeah, yeah, Fred's got some juice. Dion doesn't really come on anything. He's gonna just pop into our little reveal show. The writing was on the wall. I didn't put it together then. <laughs> yeah, and all the years I've been on KMA, yeah, Dion's been on once, on I think. Yeah, times three, once, twice. No, I mean, and, and it was cool because he jumped on the show. And look, when 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 the guy talks, people listen. Um, he's not he's not a bullshitter. I mean, the guy knows tobacco, and I've, I've said that you know he's got the best palate for a white guy. And when I say that, I mean non-Cuban, non-Nicaraguan, whatever. I mean, he just definitely studied kind of the way Hanky was. He's real big into the flavors of it. Um, you know, his greatest asset is is he's really got that palate. Um, you know, it, how much he can do. And so when he jumped on the reveal show, I mean, he, he probably talked for about 20, 25 minutes and just, we're all just, you just can't, you can't turn away. It's like, it's like, it's, you're just watching this in real time as he's unveiling different things of, you know, I mean, 
you know, it used to be for me, it's like it was easy when you don't know anything. Like, oh, I want Jalapa or I want, you know, Kandeg or whatever. But then, you know, you go down the road later, like, well, what farm do I want it from? And Dion's like, well, not only what farm, what what part of the farm that I want it from? What, you know, where, where right. how did it, you know, what part of the drying barn was in, whatever. Um, that's just crazy. I mean, that is just absolutely crazy to have that level of, of subtlety. When you look at his portfolio, which has a huge chunk of Creole 98, 99, and he comes up with all these different cigars, and there's very few boutiques that have made, you know, top 25 list, you know, over and over and over again. Um, when you look at, when you look at like, um, you know, the Epernay that you're smoking, I mean, you know, it's had different sizes and, you know, CA's top 25. Uh, it's been, you know, one side was number 19, another year uh, was, was number seven, another year was number three. And it's not even the only number three cigar he's had in there. Fume do more was number three, um, you know, in Cigar Aficionado. So, and that, and that's just one magazine. I mean, it's, it's been across the board, but um you, you just you have to have a palate. You have to have you know an ability to do that. It's which amazes me. So, what? So you know what exactly are you doing for the company? Tell us Fred Rui's role in losing. Yeah. So um, you know basically you know we we I didn't want a title. We kind of went back and forth. He sent a list of all these titles and stuff, but basically it was really um, brand yeah. Oh yeah, no, he, we, we, I didn't want a title. I didn't, you know, because I wanted the ability. So we, we ended up with brand strategist. So my role basically is, is to increase the exposure of Illusione among cigar smokers. And I want to do it really in, in a couple of ways. One is, is that I look at my role as dual role. One is obviously the umbrella for the company. What does the branding look like? Um, and, and how do we convey that message? And Dion's been working on a lot of branding things that'll be coming out that are way before me that are already in motion. So I'm focused on the conversation. But the second thing for me is also from the retailer's perspective is that what can I do to help them tell the conversation? I think I think Illusione, and this is one of the things that Dion and I talked about before I came on board, he is very, uh, has been not anti-marketing, but he, he's anti, you know, everything's, we're not industry standard. So he didn't necessarily wanted to do anything that seemed like it had been done before or, or was, you know, um, you know, overused, like, you know, either events or swag or whatever it may be. So my thing was, is like, look, you can do some of those things. You just got to put your own twist on it. I don't want to take away anything that has brought Illusione to where it is. Obviously, nothing to do with the cigars as far as them being made, but also... Um, you know, I love the whole conspiracy thing. I love how the names have all these background, you know, things in there, uh, you know, as far as, you know, just some of the names, there's, there's a lot behind the names and some of them are public. Um, you know, the MJ 12 is, is a super big, uh, name out there. Well, it's named after the majestic 12, which was 1947 Truman kind of had this, you know, group of people that were supposed to investigate aliens. Uh, and then you have the MK ultra, which is the whole, uh, mind control part you know there was mostly the cia's you know thing on, on doing mind control um so there's a lot of cool stuff there that i just really want to double down on and, and, and leverage but i think it's just a matter of just increasing the roads that lead to illusione uh if you're if you're a cigar smoker and you're you haven't gone through that portfolio i think you're really missing out and and and, and don't even take my word for it i mean just just ask anybody that is a cigar geek didn't is it true that I heard that all the res results from all the data and experiments from MK Ultra got acquired by Disney? I don't know. That's a great it's question. A joke. Really? Paul? It's Paul? a joke, but you know. Yeah. 
I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, Paul. It wouldn't Fred. surprise me, let's put it that way. <laughs> what, what was very interesting about that is you all paused because of the plausibility of it. I was just completely fucking around. But well, all, I'm, I'm like, I'm like yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I was busting on Paul, but all four of you went like, wow, that I'm makes like, sense. I'm like getting ready to Google it. But, but I know, right? I'm like, I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, I we, we do have a, a question from our, our friend Kevin Shahan. A little off topic, but oh, I'm kind of curious as well. Oh, off topic? Do you, do you still own this sweet suit? I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. What yeah. is this? That was back when I was in the corporate financial world. That was the first book I ever wrote. Oh, you look so polished, Fred. Yeah, I look so young is like what I look. I think but, but I appreciate the word polished. That's that's uh that's good. Yeah, it was um, nicer than young, but polished. Yeah, you yeah, look polished. Yeah, polished Fred sounds Kilmer. way, way better. Wow, when's the last time you saw that, Fred? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Leave it up to Kevin yeah. Shahan to dig in the yeah. crates. It's you know what? It's one of those man, I never want to piss up. Kevin Shahan off. No, I just gonna no, dig no. some shit up. Oh yeah. Speaking of I which, thought while you we're here, when you brought up the yarn thing, you want you oh, want to see ahead. the man child? Yes. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> the man child. Oh my. I gotta say, your dad looks the same, just just with dark hair and more hair, but yeah. he really hasn't changed that much. Uh, my dad aged very very well, but yeah, I, I wow, can't. Man. That's can you can you age my, yourself semi? there abe any idea i'm gonna tell you because that's before hickory hills and i had my third birthday in hickory Hills, so i wasn't three yet in that photo oh my god imagine him coming up to you wants you to pick him up what the fuck <laughs> yeah, daddy so, daddy so speaking, <laughs> speaking of that funny story right so i'm born and my parents want to wait I'm going to find this picture because I know I'm definitely three in this picture. I'm way bigger than that because I, I had hair down to here. Um, my parents wanted to wait to go back to Jordan so I could get baptized in the Jordan River. Okay. So I literally, it was like, oh, I'm three years old and I still haven't been baptized. And I guess like the family was like shaming them. Like, are you nuts? You just can't wait forever. So they finally got me baptized. And I, I remember being baptized because I got like perfume or something in my eyes. My eyes were watering. I'm crying, but you know, you're not supposed to, the child's first haircut is supposed to come at the baptism. So I literally had curls down to my shoulder. I had a lot of hair and um, the priest couldn't lift me up. You know, <laughs> me. No, no, seriously. They had to pour water over my head because the priest couldn't even lift me up to dunk me. Well, they couldn't dunk you because then no kids would be able to go after you. The water displacement alone would have been like, sorry, we're out of water. Come back tomorrow. You know? Seriously. So, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my God. That photo is freaking amazing. Yep. Big kid. I need to see it again. Hold on. <laughs> Look at that. My hair is in a point. That's not even like, no one No one did trick is photography real? like when people take photos of fish and like hold it closer to the camera. That is just, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on the same plane as them. You're you're almost as big as your mother in that picture. <laughs> I was, my mother's size probably by six, seven. Man, they should have called wow. Guinness. There, there could have been a record there. There could have yeah, been. Yeah, you could have had a whole other career. I mean, no, look, I, I'm not trying to be insulting. I loved you and Willy Wonka at that time. I thought that was just, I thought you were awesome. <laughs> um, 
You talking to me or Abe? I was talking. Oh, to that, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I sing myself once in a while. It can go both ways. That's so, true. so you're talking about doing things differently. So, what what is the day in the life of Fred Rui now for Luzion? What is it you're working on doing? Well, so it's been it's been like it, we're only like you know a month and a half into it really. So it's just been a lot of a lot. Of, I've talked to a lot of retailers as far as you know what do they see what you know on the brand and um, I, I think one of the most um, I guess humbling thing out of the gate was is just when the announcement came out how many people were supportive on both sides, both for me and on Dion's side. It was a great fit, um, but most of my time has been talking to retailers right now, going, okay, what do you need? What, you know, what, you know, they're all excited going out. Oh, we're happy for this. Uh, people talked about what it looks like on the shelf. People talked about events. People talked about some of the, you know, standard stuff like that. Uh, the other part has really been starting to step up engagement and conversation on social media. It's something I did very well with Nomad as far as building up that base of people to talk to. Um, and then I also want to kind of remove a little bit of the mystery, you know, behind some of the blends. Um, look, Dion, Dion's not going to go out on the road and, and, and travel and stuff like that. And I'm really not looking to do that a whole lot of it either. But I think that there could be a lot more storytelling and what's behind the blends as far as how, how they're created, what the passion is. Like I said, I'd like to have um, Dion out front a little bit more on explaining what's behind the blend. Because anytime he does talk, everybody's glued. Whether you're a novice or you're somebody that's very experienced, you're really, really listening uh, because he, he does have that in-depth knowledge. So I want to bring a little bit more of that to light. But really, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm really just trying to have more pathways to Illusion. And, and most of it right now has to do with social media. Uh, threw a contest up there just to start to, you know, get people into the tribe, if you will, a little bit. Did that over to Illusione.com, um, and did a contest on there just to kind of give away some swag and kind of raise awareness a little bit. Uh, but we have a lot. Um, also, we just hired a salesperson. Dion hired Ryan Shuffler to come on board, uh, who's literally just like two or three weeks behind me and um, on sales. So there's a, there's a very aggressive plan for the next 18 months for Luciane, as far as, um, you know, uh, exposure and blends and sales and, and access to it, which I think is going to be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Um, so do you plan is, I mean, are you hitting the road a lot? Is it going to be, are you going to be a, turn into a road warrior for the company? Or? No, no. And actually that was one of the things I didn't want. Um, I will definitely be at key events. Um, I will definitely be doing a lot of the, of the bigger events as far as that's concerned. But you know, there are, there are, there are brokers out there um, that, that Luciana has. There is, you know, Ryan is the sales guy. So I suspect he'll end up picking up the, the uh, larger amounts of those, but I think the larger scale events, and then, you know, obviously some sporadic tours with different reps and stuff, I'll definitely be out because look, I, one of the things I looked at on a company was um, on the marketing was, is that they were, uh, they said, Hey, why don't you come up with their marketing team? And I'm talking to their marketing team and I'm like, well, how often do you guys go on the road? Like, well, we don't, we don't go on the road ever. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you smoke cigars, you know, we don't smoke cigars. I'm like, okay, so when you go to a cigar shop, well, oh, we don't go to cigar shops. And I'm like, well, how the hell do you market a product or learn to engage with 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 people if you know nothing about this? So I'm, I still want to go out there. I love doing it. I want to go out and travel. I, I rode with one of the reps last week uh, through a state, and I still want to do that. And I want to be in touch and on the ground floor with a retailer and find out what they need and how we can help them. Uh, at the end of the day, we all still want to do the same thing. Retailers want to sell more cigars, and we want to sell more of our cigars. So... Yeah, it just makes sense to do it. Plus, I like it. 
So you will be doing some traveling, just not like absolutely. In, oh yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be the forty-five, you know, forty-five weeks a year type thing. But I definitely plan on traveling once or twice a month for sure. Plus, you know, whatever major events are out there. Cool. Well, interesting. Well, listen, we got a lot more with Fred Rui coming up in hour two of KMA uh, Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Our man Coop will be on this week to give us a scoop with Coop, see what's going on in the cigar verse. Also, we're going to have Name That Jam with Fred Rui. We're going to test his musical acumen, see if he can name that jam. New segment. And we have a very special edition of Would You Rather, sponsored by the fine folks at Gurkha. Would You Rather Extreme, hosted by our goat, Alex Tavella. So we'll be right back very shortly. Until then, keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments the brand has achieved since their inception. Receiving multiple awards such as the number two cigar of the year in 2021 for Cigar Aficionado, 2021's Best Cigar for Cigar Snob Magazine, and three more prestigious awards, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupe de Maestros. This full-body Nicaraguan Puro pays homage to the original tobaccos that were used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar that was ever produced. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking this gem are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, which pairs perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935. Hey, babe. Yeah? I'm almost out of wine and I want to order some online. Where should I order from this time? KMAWines.com, of course. KMAWines.com? What's that? What's that? What's that? Hold on a second. Let me show you. You see, KMA has teamed up with Bonner Fine Wines to offer KMA listeners a fantastic deal on a Malbec three-wine sampler. You see, here is their famous Malbec grown at an altitude of 8,950 feet. Three wines from the edge of the world. An old French Malbec variety no longer found in Europe. These three wines, 200 years in the making, yours, KMA listeners, for 53% off. Normally $130. But like I said, KMA listeners get 53% off. That makes it $69.99. So what do you think? I think we should order. I agree. And done. Honest Abe here, back with hour two of KMA Talk Radio, along with our gang, the Italian Scallion and the GOAT. Special guest this week, our man, the godfather, Fred Rui. Fred, speaking of the book before we went to the break, um, that wasn't the only book you written. You have a couple of books, yes? That was a book, the picture I shared. No, no. This wait, this one? No. This is a book. Oh, that's one of his books. I thought that was a magazine. I thought that was no, a magazine. That's, so, there's, so there's three. There's that one. There's uh, one on marketing called Be the Lime. And then there's the uh, Bacon book, which was basically just for fun for me. I'd have to say that would probably be the one I'd find most interesting. 
<laughs> the bacon book. All right, Frank, we have a special segment brought to you by our fine friends at Avo Cigars. Uh, name that jam. We're going to play a short snippet of song. We're going to see if Fred Wee can name that jam. Oh, no. Alex, I need you to remember to get that sound bite because Fred Rui's voice. You don't know? Oh, it's like so perfectly timed. See if you can name that oh, jam. No. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah see that's that so bad bite. at this. That is a KMA sound bite right there. Please grab that. So, <laughs> right? Very simple. We're going to give you a three second little play. See if you can name that jam. Alex, hit the reel. Let's see if Fred can name that jam. <laughs> That was three seconds. Yeah, actually, we, like we can give seconds. you it. I've, I've made him longer. Yeah, we can give it to you again. Oh, Want it again? Uh, give it to him again, Paul. George, uh, there. One more time, Fred. Yes. Oops, sorry. Wait. You want me to play we need the song? The we need the jam. We need the jam. Give it to him again. <laughs> Do you know oh, I got to give the name? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's like one shot, one bourbon, one something. Yeah. One wrong order, but you're there. Let's let's see oh. if one bourbon, one shot, one beer. Very well, hey. nicely done. Nicely done, Fred. You have successfully named that jam, my friend. Brought to you this week by the fine folks at Avo Cigars. You got to remember your tagline. I'm so bad at something about bringing music to the cigar industry or something. Oh, yeah. I just said that off the top of my head last week. (laughs) You know what? I have to, uh, I got to go back and I got to get, we got to keep a a count of who who, who, who won. Yeah. Name the jam. We're probably even right now. For a guy who had such dread going in, he, he wound up nailing it. Literally, he was like you. He was like you. No, not enough. We no. tried. <laughs> not enough. There's no way it worked because we've tried it. But Alex did give him more than three seconds. It was oh, more, yeah. it was more than three seconds, and the freak not fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fred's Fred's old god was like Alex when he saw the semi in Texas. Oh god. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Same dread. It was the same dread. Uh, same dread. Yeah. So, Fred, yeah. what's, can you tell us some cool things that you know are in the Fred Rui Mind Works for 2022 with Illusione? Um, or is it yeah, still all I mean, still all cloak and dagger? No, I'm, well, a lot of it is. I mean, we're I mean, not gonna lie, we're still fleshing a lot of stuff out. But um, like I said, the conspiracy thing is gonna be important uh, going forward on something. Just a little side project there. Um, I'll tell you one thing I did that I haven't told anybody that I'm probably comfortable telling, uh, on breaking on this show anyway. Uh, not that I think anybody's going to care, but I cared, um, before the Illusione thing, uh, and I can say it now cause we're, everything's post-production. 
Um, I decided to go on the road when I didn't know what the heck I was supposed to do. And it came out of PCA last year when I was kind of walking down the hall, talking to a bunch of people. And uh, I decided to go fly out and do interviews with some of the larger names in the cigar industry and sit down with them like together, like as opposed to Zoom and stuff. And the idea was, is that one, I had access to the people. And the two, the other thing was, is that, um, you know, I don't remember a lot of instances that happening. When someone gets on a Zoom call, they have an agenda. It's like, here's our latest cigar. Here's what we're selling. Here's what it is. And I, I, one of the things I love about the industry and, and I felt very blessed with was the fact that I, I knew a lot of these makers or blenders uh, and, you know, been to dinner with them and stuff. And it's stuff that people wish they had access to. And I thought, well, I wanted to show those people as, as real people so I wanted the interviews to be, you know, not super polished. I wanted them just sit down, general talk, 70%, you know, more about them and 30% cigars. It probably ended up more 50-50 because it's just impossible to not talk about cigars. Uh, so I went and shot like eight episodes. Uh, I had a three-camera film crew and all this other stuff, and everything's in post-production, and I'm just going to put them online. There's no, there's no sponsors. I wasn't trying to monetize it. I foot the bill for the whole thing myself. Um, but I sat down with, uh, you know, uh, Hanky and Klaus, we did, and I let everybody pick their location where they would, you know, either be comfortable or something that showcased them. So, uh, I sat down with Hanky and Klaus out in the, Hanky wanted it out in the field. So we did it at one of their fields and we did a big sit down interview for an hour there. Uh, Lito and Tony Gomez, we sat on the factory floor. Uh, Nurka Reyes, we actually had in a room that's got all these cigar boxes. Abe Flores, he has a music studio inside of his own factory. We did it there. Uh, Manolo Casada with Raquel, we did in their lounge that they have at their factory. Saga, the restaurant I did. We went and I, I talked to Fufi and uh, Isis there, and we, we, we did a little tour of Saga. Everybody that's been there that knows Saga from a restaurant is really awesome. Uh, and Carlito Fuente. And uh, went to Banal to the Hemingway House and sat down with Carlito for about an hour um there and it was it was a lot of fun i mean it was a lot of fun sitting it was a lot of fun there's a lot of great moments in all these it's all in post-production like i said i'm gonna i'm going to um uh have it out here pretty soon for everybody to to kind of see and just and i just wanted something that was like an end all not an end all interview but i mean and there's a lot of great interviews with these people but i really just wanted something that really just kind of um brought it closer to home for some people i guess muted him who you did interviews with um so there was there was hanky uh and and klaus kellner uh lito gomez with tony nurka reyes abe flores manolo casado and uh, how did you choose? Fuente. Well, well, how, i know but how did you choose what were you what were you looking for when you chose people to do these interviews with so initially it was really just um Uh -oh. So um, I started, I started, with, you know, people that, that I knew that would be there that around that time, just for sake of hiring a film crew for two weeks, uh, as far as making that a little bit more available. Um, so that was just, that was kind of a film crew. Somewhere. You feel, no, you I actually hired a film crew. I hired a film crew there. I hired a film crew in Dominican Republic. Um, okay. So you did it all in the Dominican Republic. I did in this one. And there's there's several others that actually had already said they would do the show. And, um, you know, it, it ended up being um, but it was just super close, intimate. Um, 
I just Alex, I just sent you a photo from one of them, one of the one of the uh, shoots there. Um, it was just it was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun to sit. It's not polished. It's not like so. There's no agenda. There's no like you know. Tell me about your best cigar and why we should go buy it right now. There was none of that. Some just there's some great moments in in, in, in all of them really. Very cool. And, and what's, yeah, what's it called? Um, so I'm calling it the final puff. Uh, for it was kind of like the last call. The idea was just to kind of have that just end all interview, sit down, get to know him personally type thing. And when do you think? Um... When do you think the final product will be out there, and, and how are you going to get it out there? Are you just going to post it on social media episode by episode? No, yeah, so it should have it should have been out a couple of weeks ago. To be honest, the, the the thing that I'm having challenging with is the sound. Initially, I was going to edit all of it myself, and then I just realized I am way over my head uh, as far as three cameras and all the other stuff. So the the challenge really is the sound. Um, there's three different mics. There's everything going on. So the ones that are just straight up two people aren't really much of a problem, but. You know, Lito and Tony are on a factory floor, so some of the other ones sound-wise. So that's what we're working through right now. As far as distribution, I created a website for it, so it'll go up on the website. I'll put it out on social media. And I did talk to a couple people that are in the media, like Coop actually knows about it. And I said I was going to allow them to embed it wherever they wanted, so I'll put it on my site and then give them embed codes. They can put it on their site. I just want to share it. I'm not looking to monetize it. I just wanted to share it. So. A lot of the media guys are like, heck yeah, every time, you know, we'll release one every two weeks and, you know, they'll embed it on their site to just share the story behind a manufacturer that, you know, people want to know more about. Oh, wow. That's a great photo. That was the most nervous one I was out of the gate. Really? Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why it actually, um, I saw, I, I went back and I looked online to see stuff of Carlito Fuente and, um, I saw some interviews, which he doesn't have a lot of interviews. And then I saw, I actually came across the, I went back and I looked at the, uh, the great smoke last year when he was there and he's sitting on the couch and he's talking to Michael Herklotz and I'm watching it and he's talking and he's answering the questions with you and Michael. And a lot of times Carlito's like looking elsewhere. Cause he's, he's always aware of everything around him. Uh, and he's, he's mm -hmm. the constant host to that. So he's looking, he's waving to people. So I went into that interview thinking when I was going to sit down with him, um, you know, that he might be slightly distracted. I mean, obviously there's the film crew, there's his people are there, there's a bunch of people off camera. And I got to tell you, that was an amazing hour. You know, that photo, he's sitting literally next to me. We've got cigars. He is 100% engaged, 100% just talking to me for an hour uh, uh, on some great, great stuff as we went through cigars and family and tradition. Uh, and, and it was just, he was just so in the moment, which was not something I necessarily expected. Uh, and I was relieved. Cool. How, how long is roughly each episode? Each one's about an hour. Um, I was looking at editing and going, hey, I want to do 45 minutes. But then I'm kind of looking, well, do I really want to leave anything on the sidelines? Look, this isn't going on TV. This doesn't have to fill commercials or sponsors or anything like that. So Maybe we just, with the, with few exceptions of a couple edits that are probably necessary from a, a technical standpoint, just put the whole thing out there. You know, I mean, you know, some some parts of it may be a little slower than others, but um, some people are going to find different parts of it more interesting than others too. True. Wow, sounds like a cool. This project. is exciting. I, I can't wait to see this. Yeah. And you did this all over the span of what two weeks? 
we filmed it within about two and a half weeks and then lately it's been in post-production but like i said sounds the one thing that i'm just wrestling with right now that i'm like you know i've gone through three sound guys and i'm like no this isn't this isn't right it may end up being put out with not as great a sound quality as i wanted it's not that you can't hear them it's just that it's not perfectly balanced the way it should be one guy's mic sounds slightly better than somebody else's mic um it's annoying to me but if you're trying to get the context of the interview and everything you'll still obviously get it but i had hoped for a little bit higher production like i said the the photo kind of is just a screenshot of a screenshot sent to alex and you know but we're talking three cameras if you look the one with like just carlito and i that's one camera that's the camera that's just on on us and that's a screenshot of a screenshot then there's a camera just on him just on me so the camera footage is amazing it's just the audio that i'm trying to get a little bit more dialed in we just suffered through that ourselves because we did a little documentary on our 25th anniversary cigar multiple camera angles multiple sound wasn't really done by professionals and then um we cleaned it up as much as we can but like you said it's not like the way you'd like it it's hearable it's doable um but you know when you work with the guys like that we did for the great smoke and you, you really realize how much they put into getting sound right right it's not a simple thing man i mean these guys that we use for the great smoke show tech are, are top of the game people and there's a lot that goes into making sure that the sound is right um a lot and because we fight you know because you know, we're looking at the bill like do we really need this do we really need this you know because I mean? you, know, you know it's like holy cow all this all this stuff but a lot of stuff is required to get good sound oddly enough and like you said especially if you're using multiple camera angles and multiple mics because then it's all got to align right too um, well that's especially that's on location especially on yeah, location, that was really the, the problem, hardest problem thing to get right. the, and i know from doing you know being you know acting in movies and stuff like that i know the sound thing i know and, and i and i guess i never really thought to ask the questions and it has to do with how the tracks were separated and so look it's just, at the end of the day the content will trump the quality as far as the audio is going to be. We'll get it good enough where you get the context because there's some great moments with with all of them. Uh, you know, Lito and Tony Gomez sitting down, the banter between the two of them, that was probably the easiest one because they both have stories. They're both sharing information. Uh, they're both teasing each, a little, each other a little bit. Uh, you know, there's a moment where, where Tony, you know, Lito unveils a bunch of stuff about legacy and stuff like that. And Tony's just like, oh, my God, you've never told me that. You know, I mean, so you've got those, some of those moments that are that are there with Carlito. I asked him a question that really just really cut him pretty deep that he's just kind of like, wow, wow, we're OK. I mean, just it was just some great moments with these people, but it was in a safe environment. And, and so the idea came, like I said, when I was, you know, I was walking down the hallway at PCA and I was um, with somebody and it's, you know, at PCA it's that long hallway to get all the way down to the convention center. And we passed like five or six big names in the industry and they're all like walking by me going fred how you doing blah 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 and stuff like that and it got embarrassing after a while um and 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 i realized i'm like i need to do something with this access that i know these people and i want and so you know it was a safe environment they all had the right to cut something out of the interview if they wanted things like that but i wanted to do something with that um and so that's what i ended up doing right wrong or indifferent you know um it's 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 i can't actually wait to see this it's a very cool concept do you think any intentions of doing a second series i mean i i would i think that um there's obviously people that want want me to do it i think i would just financially have to figure out someone's gonna have to pay for it i spent a lot of money to do this myself because it was a give back to me 
it was really a give back. You know, everybody's like, when I was down in the yard, like, well, you're not charging anybody for it. And I'm like, look, I didn't want sponsors. I didn't want anybody to have an agenda or not like who a sponsor was or something like that. And look, the cigar industry has been amazing to me. I've met some of my best friends and, and, and you know, all that stuff. So I wanted to give something back. And since I started in DR, it was a logical place for me to start um, with, with the people that, that I met and, you know, there was. So it was, I wanted people to see all around people around the world. I mean, because it's the internet. I wanted them to see these people as I got to see some of them and get some sort of the inside stories that they don't get to share when there's an agenda on a Zoom call or an event or even in a regular interview. I'm not media. Right. So they don't have to have a certain slant on it. You no, can. and they're in a safe they're in a safe environment there too, because like you're key. saying you're not media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it was delayed a year because everybody's like, oh, move it to Zoom. Uh, I think the first person to know about it was Matt Booth. Two years ago, I was in Spokane and him and I were hanging out in the lake. And I'm like, you know, and I told him the idea. He's like, dude, this is a great idea. But then COVID was there, and I'm like, well, I can't do it via Zoom. It can't, it can't be the same via Zoom. It's got to be a sit-down face-to-face where the cameras and everything disappear. You can do your own version of like the actor's studio. Well, that's that was the idea. It was yeah. that. I'm just not as good to pull it off, but that's really what I wanted. <laughs> and, and, you know, I really that was that was that was the example of what I've always taught. I want that actor studio. I want those moments. I got close. I mean, I, I would do some things differently. Um, and then there was another interview we had to change last minute. Uh, Ernesto Carrillo was actually one of them, but then he wasn't going to be in DR. I wanted to do it in his aging room, and we're still going to go do that. I, that's the one I still want to go do. But yeah, if I do it going forward, I just got to figure out how to you know, somebody foot the bill for it or something like that. But um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Super cool. It is cool. When can we expect? Did you mention, friend? I'm hoping. Well, look, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm putting the first one out here probably by by the end of the month. Uh, oh, cool. There'll be, one, there'll be one out every two weeks. It was supposed to be April 10th. Like, we timed the show because uh, I remember Abe saying, well, you know, when we picked a show date, he's like, well, great. It's going to be old news. You're working for, with Illusion. I said, no, I've got something else. And it was literally, I was going to drop it right now. But uh, we're, we're still probably a couple weeks out. But right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm probably going to just release them and, and, and just, you know, it is what it is. Awesome. Well, we look forward to it. Can't wait. We'll uh, share the link when you uh, drop them here on KMA Talk Radio. Um, is, is our man Coupon? Should we bring Coupon? Uh, he was. He just dropped off. I don't know if it was because of a technical issue, but he was all ready to go. And then I just saw his screen go. Did you say something? Oh, <laughs> he's. I may have. I don't know. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. All right. So, so Paul, yeah, this he's was, ready to go. This was a good hint that to prep the intro this whole time. So, hopefully, maybe he'll get this one ready. Today. In fairness, he disappeared. He did disappear for a second. <laughs> No, the, the last two things is like late. When, when we, the last two there's a where no, where's there's a delay in the in the server right now. I actually got a message about it earlier, but uh, it's very slight, but it's noticeable. Maybe the Cadbury eggs are are bogging it down. Yeah, maybe. Probably. So what are you saying? Do you need me to run the video? I mean, what are we so doing? What, no, I got it. He's got it. He's got it in control. It's that time. Let's see what our man Coop's got going on this week. It's time for the scoop with Coop. What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coop up. Good morning, everybody. 
What's going on, pal? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I got to throw Paul under the bus. Oh, Christ. So, so, Paul, like, you know, we've been now trying to prep up some of the photos to, you know, have them queued up. And Paul goes, oh, I thought you weren't doing the show this week. <laughs> He's like, I, think we're out this week. <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> so, uh, Paul was, listen, you have no idea the depths of Paul's confusion. <laughs> he, messages, he messages Marissa yesterday, oh, I'm not doing the show this week. And she's like, that did happen. She's like, did you know Paul's not going to be on this week? He says, um, that's the 23rd. Right. That, uh, and she goes, yeah, Paul, man, she throws me under the bus immediately without talking to me first. Well, she <laughs> turned around to me and said, you, you told her you weren't going to be on. I'm like, he's on this. I said, this idiot doesn't even know when he's out of town. Because <laughs> Paul and I are out the same week, which is which is next week. But, but so we're actually I going feel, on a secret trip together. Well, my my trip wasn't secret. I was in Nashville this week, so it wasn't really a secret trip. But um, the only thing I'll say about the secret trip is, if if there was a disclaimer saying, "Hey, we kept this a surprise," I wouldn't have busted you guys on 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 a secret trip saying, oh, "Hey, we, I'll make you know. sure I, I'll make sure I send you notifications for a disclaimer <laughs> when we take secret trips, Scoop. That's good. But, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not complaining about the invite because I I was in Nashville, um, so. Um, which so so I wouldn't have been able to go, but you know I I, I mean I know Paul and I were on the sidelines for this one, no question about it. Hey, Wes, dude's mind is already on vacation, bro. His his life is a vacation. Yeah. He you is. have a little man lingering behind you, probably yeah. needs like Wi-Fi or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hey, but the comment on Fred's <laughs> the comment on Fred's series. I mean, he actually uh, shared some of this with me. This stuff yeah. is. I'm telling you, this stuff is really cutting edge high quality um and i heard fred talking about the concept behind it i don't think we've seen anything like this before uh, i know fred you were saying you're not media but you kind of are it is kind of a media activity um and it was just it kind of reminded me of i guess the words i was using is like up co close and personal which we really haven't had that before with, with some of these industry people so i know i know fred i i like i said i'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to have uh with with the content for sure yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. It's it's um, look, I, I like I said, it was my first shot at it. I would go back and do a, a lot of things differently on it. So I, I, I'm gonna cringe when I watch some of it. But does did, did the personalities involve Trump any inadequacies that I have? Yes. And does hearing them tell the stories and share the things, it, you know, Trump that absolutely. So it is, you know, yeah. I'm looking. It, it's, it was yeah. fun. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it as well, um, for sure. Thank you. What are you doing in Nashville? Uh, it was my day job. It was, it was a secret. No, it's not a secret. Um, unlike the cigar industry, like I, have, I had a national sales meeting, and we actually really have a sales meeting. It's not like we're, we're running around factories or, you know, smoking cigars. It's like it was like uh, I called it like three and a half days of torture. Um, to be honest with you, so uh, torture. So yeah, yeah. Torture. Wow. Uh, yeah, people are like, well, you can go to this cigar shop, this cigar shop. I had like one night to go for cigars and the hotel i was at was beautiful but you just couldn't smoke there there was just it wasn't like a really conducive place to enjoy a cigar so you don't want you know you don't want to enjoy a cigar like a cigarette area it just it doesn't really have the same effect uh but i did go to casa de monte cristo in in downtown nashville and, and fantastic place uh just just a great place to go uh, great vibe and everything so if folks are in um nashville i'd advise checking it out cool yeah, listen, I like Tennessee. Nashville's a great area. 
Oh, it, it, it is. It is. It was, there was some, I mean, it was warm there for this time of the year even. It was, you know, it was in the 80s and humid and there was thunderstorms. It felt more like summer there uh, from talking to people. That it was like an early start to summer. But uh, uh, I drove, um, and uh, it's easy to drive there. When you drive back, you lose an hour with that time zone, and it makes it more more challenging. Did you, do, you, do you notice or do you feel that the people are so polite there? Yeah, they really are polite. They um, really are, man. They're just so yeah. Nice. So look at Alex. He's like, ah, fuck this. I can see the face there. Who gives a shit if people are yeah. nice? Yeah, as like, much as my, yeah. But they really are. Yeah, They're really nice. As much as my hotel, I was like, it wasn't like smoking, and I wasn't thrilled about. It, but I can say this: the staff at this hotel was was second to none. Super nice, attentive to detail. Um, everything you'd expect from customer service. Um, they, they, they delivered on that. So, and it was, and, you know, are, so are they really polite though? Are they really polite or is it the accent? Cause like English kids to me, like when you hear a kid in England, that's like four years old and he says any normal sentence, they sound wicked smart because of the accent. No, so, man, they're, I they're mean, polite. They're polite in an unprecedented it, fashion, man. One of the most right. moving moments of my life happened in, um, was it Gainesville or Nashville? But it was in Tennessee, man. We were having breakfast. We, we, we do these road trips, vacations every other year. So we're having breakfast at the uh, the country store place. What's it called? Cracker uh, Barrel. Thank you. Right. And my kids were a lot younger. This is probably maybe going back seven, eight years ago. And it was my kids, my wife, my sister-in-law, and myself. And, you know, we're just having our normal breakfast. You know, big group, eight of us. And, you know, at the end of... I, the breakfast, you know, all my kids at the same time in use and said, thank you, daddy. And it was loud enough that people in the restaurant, (laughs) thank you for breakfast and whatnot. And um, I guess this old couple was watching us most of the breakfast. And I'm not bullshitting you, man. This guy, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this stranger, literally, as they're walking out, puts his hand on my shoulder. And he literally just says out of the blue, where are you getting this? This doesn't, nobody's saying shit like this, but he's like, We've been watching you. You know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we've been watching you all morning. And I just want to say I feel very privileged this morning because I believe I've seen a blessed man and you, my friend, are a blessed man. And it was just like out of the blue from a stranger, man. You're like, you know, it, it, you go and get that stuff in Tennessee, man. They are just like earthly nice people there. I loved it. Yeah. It, you know, I'll say this about Nashville, though. Um, I think there's so many transplants now in Nashville. It's, um, is it getting ruined? I, no, it's not getting ruined. I think a lot of them just have assimilated to the culture. So a lot of them, I think, just, just are super nice. I think once you get out of the city, it's a little more that that uh, stereotypical Tennessee, if, if you may, or the, or the natives there. But Nashville's, Nashville's a big city with a lot of people who have moved there from other parts of the country now. That being said, my man, what is going? Do we got a lot, any good juicy news? Yeah, we well, we have a good we have a good uh, one this week. Ah, uh, let's run. Yeah. Let's. What I was I was, uh, I was bummed I missed last week because I am never on when Coop's on and have something scandalous for us to talk about. So bring yeah, it. no, this is this is this is uh this was scandalous this week. Yep. Ooh, All right. So um so this was actually something that my phone started blowing up in the middle of my national sales meeting. I had to turn it off. Um. But uh, Cigar Rights of America got themselves in some hot water this week. Um, there was a post that was put up, and, and uh, a meme, uh, and it was put up on the uh, social media page. Does anybody have it? Because we were yes. on a plane. Thank yep. you. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's in the Coop article, by the way. We we did capture these before, <laughs> before they were pulled down. Um. So okay, there's some you can read the meme for yourself. Um, and uh, there's some controversy on on the meme if it excludes female cigar enthusiasts. Um, and, and you know if it's offensive to female cigar enthusiasts. Back and forth, that was that became it took on a life of its own. I don't think that necessarily was the problem that I saw here. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on what the problem is. The Let's problem just, is... Wait, can we deconstruct this before you do a deep dive, right? Yeah. Put that back up for a second. Mm -hmm. So do do we feel, you know, a tool used for social distance yourself away from your wife, children, annoying wires. Now, I've seen a million and I've heard a million jokes about men getting space from their wives, right? Is this any more insulting than any one of those comments which are pretty much said every day by everybody? No, but this is no. Cigar Rights of America. This is not a Facebook group. And this true. is it's where this it's is a coming group, from, this, I guess. Is what, yeah, true. it's where, where it's coming from. from. Yeah, that was where this came from. Like, why Why would and, – and, and if you go on the Instagram feed or if you went on the Instagram feed, there was a lot of stuff like that. Some of it was goofy and jokey and others are borderline and feather. So I get that. If that was put up in a Facebook group, a social group, um okay that's I, I can see that this is being put up in, in a in a trade association um that's funded by people there's someone actually who is putting this stuff up like and not it, was, it wasn't just one thing and it started a lot of people started uh like raising questions like i know carlito was very upset about this when it happened um and i believe that this like i said i don't have a problem like, the controversy about the meme is one thing, and I actually don't think there's much controversy about. It, but the bigger question is, well, why? Why is cigar? What is Cigar Rights of America doing here? Don't they have a social media strategy that aligns with their mission statement? And I think there was a lot of questions that were being raised on that right now. And I and because of that, uh, that was what the gist of my article was. Was look, CRA's got to kind of uh, their leadership's got to get get their social media program in line. And uh, I don't think there's a hard thing to fix, but Certainly, I don't want to see CRE resources go into stuff like this. Was was there repercussions to the postie, the poster? Yeah, yeah. There, there, from what I heard, there there were some people calling for his head. Um, I I I personally think this was a from what I don't know the person who who was doing it. I heard it's a younger person. Um, but um, no, it's not what I heard. Okay, I don't. Like I said, I, I've heard. Who's, I, I, if somebody told me the name, I, I, listen. I, I think it was I, I, the name I heard was Harrison. Was yes, I heard. yes, yeah. that's not a younger person. Okay, um, he's not a younger. Okay, I don't know him. Right. So here's what here's what happened. We were on a flight back when this went down, so I didn't get a chance to see the post, but I read a lot of the aftermath because the post had already been taken down. So I really called John Carney because he I saw him commenting with everybody because I figured he knows what's right. going on. I said, "What did I miss?" And he gave me the lowdown. So you know, and I'm not here to kick a man when he's down. I'm not either, and certainly I'm but, not either. Yeah. But I need to call stuff the way it is, right? So, you know, we've had a very symbiotic and, and a very fruitful relationship with the CRA for many, many years. Um, they've always appeared at the Great Smoke. Glenn has always signed up hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of people every year at the CRA, which I would foot the bill for every year. Um, right. So anybody attending who wanted to join would get a free membership to them, I would buy. So um, this year... As always, we, we you know invite the CRA and we you know we give them a booth 
So, I mean, this is a booth I could sell to many vendors we had to turn away because of the new venue and whatnot. We give them a booth so they have a place to prop up. And it was right in the middle of where all the people are going around to get their cigars. So every single attendee was going to go by the CRA booth, right? Yep, yep. Two hours into the event, I walk by the booth, and the tablecloth is not even put on the table. His signage isn't up. Nobody's there. He's attending it like a, like a, like a, a consumer. The, the best way to describe it, it was it was the Caldwell booth at, at PCA. Literally, literally. Yeah. That, well, it became a discussion of the media people, by the way, because like I said, probably about three hours into it, we're, we're all standing around and we look at the, what happened to the CRA booth. We didn't think literally, yeah, literally, yeah. it was there like a groupie, like a fanboy enjoying the day, not doing any of the work he's supposed to be doing with CRA. Signed up zero members. Um, and outside of introducing himself when he first got there, probably at 10 in the morning, I didn't see him once, nor communicated with him, nor did he seek me out the rest of the event. So to me, that says, holy cow, something is messed up in that organization because, you know, if this is the person they're sending to handle stuff like this, um, they got the wrong guy because that's yeah, not well. Well, that's done. one problem, Abe, but the other problem is I think it's a leadership problem. There's been no executive director for almost two years now, um, so it's being run by the board. And, the, and you know, when you run when a board runs things, they tend to do this, like, part-time. They're not as hands-on to the day-to-day -day operations. So clearly, I've like – I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Sometimes monarchies are required. So, yeah, I agree with you, Abe. I, I mean, you got to put one yeah, person right. in charge and let them live or die by the sword. That's yeah. how yeah. Yeah. Now I'll tell you that they cleaned up the Instagram feed after uh I don't want to say my article, there were a couple of articles out there and after it was talked about, but it was cleaned up a lot this week. But I think they I, I, I really think like Abe, what you just talked about and in this example, they have a leadership problem there right now and it's it's rudderless. I mean it's it's rudderless and, and if they don't get this back on the tracks fast, you know, this is this could be this could really be ugly. So, Fred, you know, as a guy who's kind of a social media guru here, I mean, what's your take on this post? You know, I mean, I think it's – I didn't find the post terribly offensive, but I'm not necessarily the group that that, that would. Um, I, I think there's a difference in the culture that we have to be aware of now is that, you know, you put out a post like that and there's going to be a percentage of people that find it humorous and there's going to be a percentage of people that don't. And if you go back, you know, five years ago, the people that don't, go, that's not funny and moved on. Um, yeah. They weren't necessarily offended by it. Um, so, the, you know, the idea, and I, by the way, if and I don't know that it was the person you mentioned there. I know that person. I've met him. He's a very that, nice That's guy. why I was careful. I, I don't want to you say know, that was so, that person. Yeah, either. and I don't yeah. know if it is. Yeah, well, let me, let me, let me clarify was, what I heard. I don't know. That's, yeah, no, that's, and if it right. was, I happen to know that person. He's a really nice guy. Um, so... It, it, it's 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 indicative of do I think this post is horrible? No, because it does not show aggression towards those other parties mentioned in the post. It's not aggression towards the white children or morons. No. It's basically distancing yourself from them. So I don't find it to be an overly offensive post. Do I think that people have taken offense to it? Sure, and I and I get it. Is now when you're talking about CRH sharing this, um, yeah, you're talking you're talking about a group that is supposed to be. Um, you know, encompassing of all cigar smokers. So yeah, there probably should have been a little check going, well, you know, your wife, well, but that, we're obviously going to leave out the female smokers. So do I think it's a missed mark for CRA from only from that standpoint is because of female cigar smokers, not necessarily that be offended, but that you admitted, a, you know, the acknowledging their presence in that post. 
that would be, I think, the misstep there. You know, damage control. I mean, yeah, look, they've always needed to have something in line with what their communications are. Let me, yeah. let me say this. Let me say yeah. this. Um, you know, and just to what Abe said, you know, the, as I think back, the first time I ever came across the CRA and actually signed up was for the CRA was at a great smoke as a consumer years back. But um, like Coop said, I think the issue is, you know, it's not necessarily the meme itself, but I would venture to say probably 95% of the CRA members, regular people, couldn't even tell you what the CRA is doing. Now, if that meme was mixed in somewhere just for some you know off topic stuff lighten it up with information in other posts about what the cra is doing what they're about what's going on it may not be so bad but i don't think like i said 95 percent of members of the cra have any idea what the cra is doing i mean they should be like i said that they, we've noticed a lot lately from a media standpoint there's been a lot less alerts um a lot less calls to action from cra we're actually seeing more of it from the pca or frankly, we're reading about it on other websites. Um, so, you know, about legislation, we're just seeing very little. And and I look at, I looked at that Instagram feed. I'm like, this is what they're spending time on. And it was like I said, it wasn't just one. There was a, there was there were dozens of these things out there. And I just I just think there's there's clearly a problem there. So uh, my question is this, which I find interesting. Obviously, look, I don't know how long that how old that graphic is. It's obviously some outdated psychology because most men were. Cigar smokers 20, 30 years ago were predominantly considered to be men, right? Um, if 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 it was the other way around, if there was a woman smoking in a chair and the caption was reversed, would this have been a big deal? Would anybody have cared? No, absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. Because 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 when it, when it's the minority yeah. ruling the social media post, yeah. it's not. Yep. It would have been laughed at. Yeah. It would have been discounted. The, the uh, male side of it would okay, be discounted. But, but does that make okay? Hold on. Is is that is that a um, morally is that a right call or is that you're just saying that that's just what happens? I mean, does that make it does that make it any less insulting or any less offensive? Um. No, and yes, it's 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 not it's. It's the same exact thing. It's it, 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 it's not a perfect world. It's the same exact thing. It's the opposite side of the coin, but its impact is totally different. It doesn't it, it, look. It's not right. It's not right. It should be just as offensive the other way. Yep. Is it, well, it is. It, sh it should. Be, my point. But it's it, not. It, but that's do we, as a society should we not consider the delivery and not the feelings? Is I mean, and, and, and look, and this is not just in this situation. I, I mean, this is like you could do it to anything, right? Mm-hmm. If you just take the action as a standalone thing, isn't that what should be judged? But now the feelings have become more relevant or more important because, like I said, if it was equally offensive, if you flipped it around, then it's without a doubt an offensive thing then, in my opinion. Yes. Right? Because, you know, here it's funny because this whole world preaches on things being equal, but no one really wants to be equal. And that's where you fall in these things because then it's not – to be treated equal, then it's got to be both ways. And usually seldom ever works out that way in these kind of situations. Yeah. So I find it interesting on a psychological level because I don't think I, as a, as a male smoker, whatever, it was completely reversed and there was a woman there smoking and whatever. I would have thought twice about it. Like you said, I would have said, yeah, all right, okay. I wouldn't have. No. Exactly. Yep. So I find it very interesting that this really caused a, a lot of chaos that day. And to Alex's point, is it more of the chaos of the statement or was the fuel, 
you know, thrown on the fire because of the lack of what really should be do, being done at the CRA as opposed to posting irrelevant crap. Yeah, you see, and that was, I, I know there were a lot of good comments on that post and stuff, oh. but I think most people missed the point on it. I really do. Like, I don't think they cared that CRA was, was doing this, right? I hate to say it. I don't think people really cared that CRA was spending resources on this. They were just focused on that one meme. And I'm like, look, and I'm like, you're asking for fundraising here and resources to this is what series I had a bigger problem. Like I said, with, with kind of agreeing with Alex, it was, it was, what are they doing here? Not necessarily that one post. Well, I don't know. You're all talking about CRA for this whole week. So, uh, you know, maybe it becomes genius. It becomes genius and effective. And it helps get the organization back on track. And, and, and it does need like. to be in line. Now, now the, the answer to that by the way, a would have been um, for them to post two versions side by side. One on this and one on this, and which one, you know, say, hey, which one, and do a social yeah. social yeah. experiment on that where you're calling both sides out and post it as CRA. And all that gets to go be under the umbrella of exposure of cigar smokers. You would have got mm -hmm. scot free and you would have been able to put out a huge debate and everybody would have been talking about you as opposed to picking a side. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, I, well, it obviously is one of those things that was, there wasn't really a lot of thought and effort. No, they said, "Oh, this is funny. Let me share this and maybe get some people." Here's a cigar. Away. Here's a cigar meme. Let's put it up. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. no content right now. Right, but Look, when, I bought, when, I bought, when I bought my first Porsche, I bought a two seater Porsche, and I said, "Someone said, well, you've got kids,'" and I said, "The more kids I have, the more practical that two seater becomes." If I said that today on social <laughs> right? media, I would have been I would have been beat up over it. Oh, listen to me. The crap that I've probably said out loud about my kids, I'm shocked they don't, someone hasn't called, you know, children's services on me, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'll attest, man, I love my kids more than anything on earth. It's just, you know, it's a different era. It's a different era. You have to wrap yourself up with Charmin these days. But the other thing is I thought the apology was weak, too. And I know they apologized, but the apology didn't have anyone's name. So, like that, that apology should have come from CRA leadership with someone's name on it. Was it was a board member or Mike Copperman or someone? It was nobody just, wanted their name attached no, to that. Nobody, but but you know what? That's where again I, I go back and right now I'm saying CRA's got a real leadership problem. There's just there's a problem out there. They got to fix this. I don't know what they're going to do, but they got to fix it because it, it, it's. Like I said, I think it's bigger problems than just what they're posting on social media, as you pointed out with the great smoke. Or they risk they risk being non-relevant completely. They they do. They risk, I mean, you know, you know, people you know, you're 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 counting on, on membership dues every year. So I mean those they counting on those and you know, they're counting on the money. This is a fundraising thing. You can't just fool around with stuff like that. No, it's definitely not the tone of that or the tone. I, I think they can fix it. I think they can fix this because there are very good people on that board. And, you know, like I said, I think there's a tension of people, whether it's Carlito and Pete Johnson. They're, they're, they're aware of what's happened. I think, I think, if anything, maybe that could turn this into a positive that maybe some change can happen. All right. What else you got going on, Coop? All right. Good one, was a, yeah, that was a good one this week. Uh, so, um, it, this is uh, from Drew Estate. Uh, once again, Drew Estate is announcing that it will be announcing a cigar. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, that seems to be a new strategy right now, right? So, you know, they've done this with Undercrown 10 and the 20-acre farm. Uh, they're going to put an unbanded cigar out in a uh, 
in a uh, something called a freestyle live kit, which is going to be available uh, to consumers. And uh, you're going to be able to smoke this cigar unbanded. You're not going to know much about it. There'll be some swag with the kit. And then come in May 12th, you they will do a big unveil on uh, you know the big uh, you know the big the, the this is like the ultimate teaser <laughs> so they'll do the ultimate teaser leading up to the event and you'll find out what the cigar is on may 12th so uh, it seems to be an effective strategy it's worked for them so I wonder where I they got it from <laughs> right just saying just giving away like a, a, a jeep or something at that event or something like yeah that? oh yeah and there's I, prizes I was, yeah, and, was, and, yeah yeah the whole prize yeah, so there's prizes. I mean, where would they get an idea to give away a car? A Jeep Wrangler Sport valued at $33,000. Uh, there's a Drew Estate Barrel Bar in there. Um, and uh, there's a bunch of uh, 25 uh, third-place prizes. Unfortunately, I'm a media person, so I, I don't participate in this. But this would have been a pretty cool thing to do. Listen, I, I, listen I'm not one of those guys that really gets upset. I, I, I never mind if whether it happened by accident or it happened. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, Joe Grow was one of the first guys who signed up for our connoisseur club. <laughs> well, that's a good point, and it's a good point. I mean, you, uh, you know, he signed up for the connoisseur club, and a lot of, I mean, but I haven't heard. Has there been a connoisseur club cigar yet that's been announced that's going into regular production? Yes. 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 Which one? Which one? Um, Southern Draw. Southern Draw Caldwell. Uh, what's the uh, what's the cigar? What's the cigar? Well, we don't know the I don't name. want to hear we don't know what the cigar is. I want to know what the cigar no, is. He, do. he said it was, he said the name. I don't remember exactly. Um God, I don't He know. said well, it Southern yeah. Draw. He said it he said it on the show that they were that they were gonna put oh, it he did. Yeah. I believe. He did say that. But he, he's all but he's also doing his own with that. This Peccadillo's project is very similar. This was different. This wasn't that. Yeah. This yeah. wasn't the Peccadillos. It was something else. He actually did he did say the I, name I, of what it was. Yeah. But I gotta say, I think Drew Estate to the level they've done it at, um, you know, these are these are core lines they're releasing. Me, and it's a major part of their their uh, innovation strategy in terms of some, these are some major lines they're rolling out. Um, I just haven't seen anything like what, what that. I don't know. Is that Southern Draw cigar going to be something that's a big time cigar? Is it going to be? I've seen a lot of companies do stuff like this in the past, and what happens is it's, it tends to be a limited release. I remember CAO did it one year, and it was it became the CAO Hurricane, which was a very like small batch release. So Look, the, the the marketing the marketing principle behind this is not out of left field. You are right. making them feel like they have a vested interest and you make them feel like they were part of the process, even though they really weren't. You're just releasing it in two stages. And that's OK, but they feel yeah. like they got to have it before the market. And they and now when it goes to market and it has the actual box and has the actual band, they get to say, hey, I smoked this. I was part of this becoming there. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's not it doesn't cheapen on either side, but it's it's it's, it's a normal marketing strategy if you have the ability to do that. I'll tell you a funny, funny thing is like, you know, anybody who, if you've been in this industry long enough, you'll remember companies, you know, a couple in particular, um, very often would have these promo packs at the register that would come out with sometime a year that had cigar one and cigar two. And as a consumer, you were supposed to smoke it and pick it and check which one out and send mail the cards back in because, you know, digital electronic stuff wasn't up to speed yet. And um, then they would release a cigar that America picked. And half the time when they sent out that cigar one or cigar two, they'd already made the decision which cigar was making it in the final production. You know, it's very funny. Right. right. 
Oh, yeah. That's our, oh, our friend Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Kendall, too, Kurt Kendall. who actually yeah. had a stellar cigar in this month's oh, Connoisseur Club. Geez. He said he's going to be. Broke my heart. Broke my heart, Kurt. Yeah. If you'd have said that I would like to Honduran Puro, um, I would I would have bet and lost money on that. That was a fabulous cigar. There you have it. Really was. Anything else you got going on, Coop? Uh, just a couple of quick hits, um, and I want to mention this one because this is this is a little bit tied with Fred. Um, there is a uh, Manolo Casada 75th anniversary cigar that's coming out uh, that we coming out at the trade show. Um, and what's kind of funny about that is when Great I was with picture. Fred at Pro Cigar, when I, when I was with okay. Fred at Pro Cigar, he's talking about how he's he had me convinced he was going to Casada, not Illusioni. Without even realizing, because no, you know, I didn't, I didn't say that. You convinced yourself. I, I convinced myself because you were talking about Casada the whole time. I was just talking. I was going down to see Manola to smoke a bunch of cigars. Which, by the way, the seventy fifth was one of those cigars. But it wasn't. <laughs> I was joining him. No, it, no, and it, it, and I want to clear. It. Fred is right. It was me in my head that kind of ran. I said, "Oh, he's going to Casada. He's not. You know, that's where he's going." Yeah, he spent. He was down there. He was playing around, you know, testing blends and stuff, or trying blends. I'm like, he's going to Casada, so I was fooled actually on that one. It's a great cigar, by the way. I did, I did smoke it. I, there's really, good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of that yeah. factory. Right? Oh, there you go. Oh, hey, now uh, you can see it. I just thought it was my glasses. I Google, I googled it and got another one. I, I used the one Coop gave me. What's wrong? With, what was wrong with the one I gave you? This, is it just? A, it was. Fuzzy. This is. Oh, I deleted the one you gave me already. It's very, very okay. pixelated. Okay. I don't know what happened anyway. there. But all right, that's good. And then uh, a final thing is uh, just out of general cigar, uh, there is a new uh, cigar from CAO. And what's interesting about this cigar, uh, it is called the uh, CAO. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a poll moment now. Um, <laughs> uh, so let me just, I'll tell you what the cigar is and then I'll tell you the name um, it's a cigar that's being distributed in Canada and it's actually going to have Canadian tobacco in the filler it's called the Boralis um, so what you need to know about that cigar is if you want to see what plain pack you want to get a glimpse into plain packaging uh, for this Canadian release there you go that's what if you, if you want to have fun with packaging and wow, that's okay but this is fun. this is what you may be looking at right now that's so, actually uh, less clean than I expected it. Uh, that's what they're doing in Canada. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an olive green. Oh, is, it, um, is, is the olive green the standard color for everybody? In Canada, at least. I think that's what kind of ah. some other countries have adopted. I wonder how they I wonder how they came up with that's the non-offensive color. I don't know if it's offensive. I think they just tried to come out with something that's like, you know, they didn't come out with pretty pastels or anything like that, you know? Bland. They tried to make it look depressing. You know, it's kind of a depressing color. But there is Canadian tobacco in that blend, and that's—I don't think I've—I've I've ever tracked a release that had Canadian tobacco. Uh, I didn't know there was Canadian tobacco to be. They honest. grow some I in Ontario. They grow some in Southwest Ontario, is what they said in the press release. Uh, so you have to. Where? Who woke? Who woke up Alan Rubin this morning? It was very quiet for a long time. Must have just got out about ten minutes ago. Oh, he's been quiet actually. Yeah. What else you got, Coop? That's it for this week. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you for this episode of The Scoop with Coop. Catch more information, news at cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser free. All right. Time for this week. I, I, I got lost because we missed a week. Are you on episode three or four? Tale of the tape. Where it's so. 
We're at seven. Nobody knows. I can't tell you without opening. Season four, this is number seven. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Holy cow. Season four, number seven. You might want to put that in the outline moving forward, Paul. (laughs) Season four, tail of tape, week number seven. Let's check out the results this week. All right, here we go. Tale of the Tape, season four, number seven, top mascot. So I went with another live guy this week. You know, some some of these live mascots are, are pretty damn good. And uh, I went with the Georgia Bulldog, man. I'm, I'm a Bulldog guy. Look at him, you know, short, yeah. stout, kind of like me. So always, I think they're on their 10th iteration of it. I got the guy buzzing the uh, door in the background, probably wants to make a delivery, but that's all right. He's going to wait. Um, Georgia Bulldog, man. I mean, fully recognizable, my kind of mascot. Live mascot, I dig him. What do you got, Coop? That's a good one. So uh, this one you had on your list uh, at number 10, but I have him at number 7. It's Gritty, the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. And I have not seen a new mascot really kind of capture uh, fans' imagination in, in a while like Gritty has. And of all things, a hockey team. Uh, Gritty's become quickly – I mean, Philadelphia is known for great mascots, and Gritty has very quickly ascended right to the top of that. Uh, a fun mascot. I just love the orange and the whole thing. And, uh, you know, uh, I think this is going to be – I think in 10 or 15 years we're going to be talking about this, him as one of the legendary mascots of I all agree. time. I yeah, agree. it's just – I put him I at seven. I, I would have put him higher if he was around longer, yeah. I was going to say in 10 years if we came back and did this list, you know, Gritty's, Gritty's way up there on a number. Yeah. Time. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. There you have it. Okay. Oh, so we're not to the top, right? So we, there's still other ones we can show off. later. It's week number four. I, I was right. It was three or four. Yeah. It's week number four. Oh, uh, okay. Because there's like there's a couple that I'm like, why are they not on there? Okay. All right. Yeah. They're okay. every week we, until they get to their. Number I got it. One. So we're just gonna drag this out for a long time. On it's that. called a season, man. Until you get to an actual season that everybody is yeah. interested in. I got it. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you reach out to Fred, get a couple themes for a couple seasons? Uh, wait, did Alan complain about my pick? I'm waiting for Alan to complain about it. So, I like well, got a lot of complaints today. They've done, they've done, they've done boxers, professional wrestlers, um, mafia movies, and now mascots. What are they missing? What are they missing, Fred? For me? Well, yeah, well, I don't could... want to say it because what if they show up? Am I giving anything away if I pick who I'd be on my list? No, no, no it's you a... Give a couple of your favorites. But I was saying is you said we're going to wait until they get a season everyone's interested in. What would be a topic that everyone would be interested in? Top ten. Oh no, I think I, I, I like it. I just didn't realize the format of it. I'm like I was looking at, I was confused. I thought they were going to keep going. I didn't realize that that was it. Way to follow, way to follow content, the show, Fred. Fred. Way to follow the show, Fred. Do you have one we should do? We take fan. Suggestions. Yeah, yeah actually, you know it. what? Okay. All yeah, right. hashtag us in, 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 in Tale of the Tape on what KMA like Talk Radio for your suggestions right. for ten, next ten season's top Tale of the Tape. Ten top bacons. Ten top public, publicly purchased bacons. Quentin, uh, is there ten types of bacon? I guess so, maybe. Oh, God, there's way more than ten. Really? Absolutely. Okay, so if anybody would know, you would know. Is there a National Bacon Fest? Oh yes. yeah, because if not, we should put one together, Fred. Well, there's, well, a, there's, couple the there's a couple of them. There's a every year down here. Yeah, who's a bourbon? We go to ones here. here. I'm talking about a like a bacon, absolute bacon fest. 
every like, possible thing in the world cooked up. I mean, I don't, I mean, there, I mean, no, I mean, there's like, there's four, like, there's a big one in Chicago. Um, there's a big one in New York, but I mean, beyond that, I mean, I don't know if anybody like has the rights to Top it or anything like that. foods with bacon on it. Yeah. Is there really anything that competes with a bacon cheeseburger? Put the hashtag tail the tape so we can find your comments. I mean, people. what competes with a bacon cheeseburger? I mean, I don't, I don't know that there is. Hashtag oh, tail bacon, bacon wrap scallops. I mean, uh, yeah, you start talking yeah. Ramaki, you start talking. I mean, there's a whole lot of things you can do with bacon. Bacon wrap dates. I make it. That's there you go. You call them there you go. Devil's on horseback. Do you put yeah. that ahead of a bacon cheeseburger? What? I like them because you put a little bit of chicken liver saying, in, what in the middle of the date. In competition I, I agree with Alex on that. I mean, it's just just straight up plain bacon is better than bacon on a cheeseburger. Yeah, well, they but said the, foods agreed. with bacon. Foods with bacon, it would be, yeah. I mean, there's anything you can get close. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tail No, we'll piss too many people off. All right. Oh, they won't anyway. complain. Oh, well, why eat my cigar on there? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the top 10, top 10 tail of the tapes. We get, I'm telling you, we do some of those on <laughs> our prime time. We do our Mount Rushmore's, and we get more complaining about that. Of course. Than yeah. Whatever. Yeah. All right, everybody's so. Uh, in typical fashion, we're going to end this week's show with our newest segment sponsored by Gurkha Cigars. But this week, it's going to be an extreme version. It's time for Would You Rather, Mr. Fred Rui. show with john carney didn't we do the would you rather every week <laughs> i don't uh, know oh yeah i, I forgot Ooh. about that Ooh. i don't all right I don't, well, yeah. I don't know but all right alex, this is all up to alex now this is right? your your week buddy would you rather extreme yes would you rather extreme edition for fred all right here we go fred would you rather have finger-sized nipples or nipple-sized fingers. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with finger-sized nipples. I I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, agree. Yeah. I agree. It's practical. Yeah. You can hide them somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. All right. Question number two. Shirt off the beach. Oh, good. There's more questions. Two yeah, more. Yeah, there's three. Two more. Would you rather? Pee every time you stand up or poop every time you sit down? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to have to go poop every time I sit down. Really? really? Well, I'm just going to bring one of those little, you know, hospital things with me and that'll just be, I mean, that'd be the same for everybody, I suppose. So, <laughs> or where it depends, where it depends, you know. There you go. All right. Question number three, last but not least. Would you rather bathe with Coop or shower with Paul? Wow. <laughs> How did I get roped into How this? How did I get roped into this with Paul? Yeah, I was gonna say that. I'd rather I'd rather jacuzzi with Abe. I mean, wow, I don't I mean uh, so would you rather take a bath? 
A bubble bath with William Cooper or a hot steamy shower with Paul? Hotel tight shower. <laughs> if I stall for a minute, the show's over and I get out of the We don't have hard breaks anymore, so you're screwed. You know what? I I, I got to go to the shower. There's less water mixing scenario. I'm, I'm, Although, I'm fine with that, and I'm fine with I, I, that I, answer. I'm fine with that answer, Fred, just so you know. The, the coupon is probably awesome in a clock tub with candlelight and bubbles in, 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 in the parlor in the front room of his house. And or Matt Booth so disappears in, through the middle of the bubble. Yeah, Matt Booth shows up. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, wow. if you're in a shower, listen, if you're in a shower with Paul and you really kind of like focus on your eye level, you probably never see him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, this is this is a solid segment. If you ever want to have guests not come back, this is this is great. This is uh, this was Alex. This this was Alex, <laughs> Alex kept downplaying my questions, and you know he wanted his take at it. And brutal, then, brutal. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure that those three questions were toned down. Oh, probably. Yes, they were. Probably. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are awesome. You guys are great. Fred, thank you for joining us, man. Always a pleasure having you on, Coop. Thank you for thank being you. Uh, and your contributions on this Saturday morning. Next week, we've been talking about this for a while. First time it's going to happen. It's going to be a complete KMA takeover from the boys from How About That Cigar. Matt and Garrett will come on. They will be your hosts for a whole show with special guest Nick Melillo of Foundation Cigars. We won't be here. None of us will be here. It'll be strictly their show. They'll be running it, and uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna get to watch it and see what you know how it goes. As a, as It'll a, be weird. As a fan, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. next week, H, uh, how about that cigar? I was I, I can't do the acronym because I screwed up for some reason. How about that cigar takeover? Matt Garrett's gonna be here. Um, a lot of fun. We hope you enjoyed your Saturday morning with us. Best way to start every Saturday. Uh, if you're celebrating Easter, have a beautiful Easter. If not, everybody have a great weekend. Until next week. Keep it lit. <laughs>